Okay, here we are again. It's the 15th of May, the Ides of May, and <laughs> we have a new government in Iraq, so we're going to talk about Iraq. And I'm very encouraged, actually. It's been ages and ages while we've waited for some some semblance of something in Iraq. And now we have Mustafa al-Qadhimi, who is the 50th, if you count, 50th prime minister of Iraq, in, in an independent Iraq, that is. Some have served twice, but the 50th new prime minister of Iraq. And it's been long enough getting the guy there. And he seems okay. He was a journalist in the UK. You know, he was exiled under Saddam, and he came over here, to, took sought refuge. Good, competent journalist. Everybody liked him. And nobody thought he'd accept the position of Prime Minister of Iraq. He had become head of intelligence of the Secret Service, and he was doing a good job, a goodish job there. I mean, Iraq has a fragmented Secret Service, but he was the head of the main bunch. And uh, some of the Shiite groups didn't like him because he was doing a pretty good job. That said, he was well respected, and the president of Iraq has been wanting him to become prime minister for yonks, but uh, and has tried other people. You know, the Kurdish president of Iraq called on him, but he wouldn't do it because he didn't have the support anyway. But things got worse and worse. The outgoing prime minister. Uh, he had to leave because of those demonstrations, didn't he? And you thought the student demonstrations might have come to an end uh, with the assassination of uh, General Qasim Soleimani by the U.S. government. No, they kept on. There was frustration. There has been frustration. I mean, the demonstrators have every right to feel frustrated because of the, well, because of the ongoing corruption, because of all of the various problems. So, End result, we have a new government. There's a lot to be dealt with. We've got the Hashd al-Shabi out of control. They're under the leadership of, of my old friend, Dark Eyes, Hadi al-Amri. That's because the former leader, of course, was assassinated by the United States. It made him a very powerful man. He'd be laughing away, wouldn't he, I guess? He's a great smiler. Yes, yes, he'd be happy. So he's the boss now of the Hashd al-Shabi, the militia groups. There was an attempt to rein some of them in, in theory, under Adil Abdel Mahdi, but it was pretty half-hearted. I mean, Adil Abdel Mahdi tried to rein in the uh, the worst of the Heish al-Shabi. Of course, Abu Mahdi al-Mahandis was the leader of Qutaib Hezbollah, in theory one of the strongest groups and one of the most closely affiliated to Iran. To be honest, Adil Abdel Mahdi gave these groups free reign. He didn't really rein them in in any particular way. And Saib al-Haq, the under Qaisal Qazali, is, is one of the, should I say one of the worst? Well, I'm sorry, Qaisal Qazali, however handsome you look, and you are a handsome guy, my goodness, you have been responsible for death squads. And uh, do we forget that? I mean, the the killing of some of those hostages you took? Uh, should we forget that? No, I don't see it. How can you forget that kind of thing? And despite the fact now, Qaisal Ghazali, of course, is one of the great political leaders of Iraq. Well, come on. Okay. That's the way life turns on a dime, doesn't it? I mean, you could say Benny Began became... Uh, became a, a major political figure and prime minister of Israel, and he was a former leader of one of the most brutal and violent terrorist groups on earth, uh, you could say, responsible for the bombing of that King David Hotel. So things change, but has Kesel Khazali reformed? I'm not sure. 
Yeah, anyway, these there are other couple odd odd groups that were causing a lot of trouble recently. Um, Khorasan, Nujabar, I mean, these names come and go. Dil Abdul Mahdi's government gave them too much space, which was a deadly mistake. And hopefully this new guy will not. Mustafa Khadami will be better. I mean, we need a, a, a strong prime minister of Iraq. Daesh ISIS has a new leader. Abu Ibrahim al-Hashimi al-Qureshi, a Turkman, renowned for being one of the most violent men in creation. God help us who will try to prove himself and uh, who is looking forward with glee to the withdrawal of the U.S. troops from Iraq. Of course, they have to go, I guess. They have to go because, because, because why does the U.S. troops have to go? I mean, some are asking for NATO to come in, which would be the U.S. troops under a different guise. Why do U.S. troops have to go? Because Iranian troops have to go. Because Iraq has to be given breathing space. It has to stop being a battleground. And of course, if Daesh is resurgent, if this new prime minister can't deal with Daesh, then we have a problem and we may need the U.S. troops back in Iraq and the British. Oh, gosh. But Daesh can't allow to re-emerge. Bad thing about Daesh, which makes it worse than all the other big bad groups that I'm bandying names around. What makes Daesh worse than anything on in creation is because it is a total rejectionist of everybody group. It's a we are right and everybody else is wrong group. And that is pretty horrid. Moving on swiftly, I am muddled by the number of issues that fling themselves into the air anytime you throw yourself into the arena of Iraq and try and discuss Iraq. I mean, the economy, a decline in oil prices because of the coronavirus pandemic is dangerous for Iraq. One of my sons is, uh, works in Dubai, and he he was he was saying his company is is talking of 2023 before the world economy fully recovers from coronavirus. What does this mean for Iraq? I mean, if you're not going to be able to pay the salaries of those corrupt ministers, let alone the salaries of all the ghost salaries for non-existent employees for, and, and, and the salaries for all those militia groups, they're all going to get out of hand, aren't they? They want their bit of the pie, and if there's no pie for them to divide up, they'll just start grumping and causing trouble, perhaps. I don't know. But there won't be much pie for anybody to divide up. Iraq is going to be impoverished like the rest of us. Gosh, the British government is spending money like in generations will have to pay for this unbelievable maybe it's the best best way i mean maybe it's the best way live on credit i wonder about the sometimes about the economic collapse of the west but the economic collapse of iraq is with us and uh, it's it's major i mean we feel pain here in britain in america in the western world they will truly feel pain and this new prime minister has a huge burden because there's no oil sales. Okay, okay, they will revive a little. But, you know, it's the, the man was right, the, the chairman of the company my boy works for. Of course, we'll start taking holidays in Tunisia again, but it's going to take time. It's going to take time before we're all leaping on jets and burning up beautiful oil at the same level. Will we ever get the same level? I think we will, because there'll be a lot of people who will use private transport rather than public transport. But the trend overall is, is away from oil in Europe, uh, moving towards electric vehicles and so on. And it's, it's a worldwide trend. So you've got the worldwide trend exacerbated 
by coronavirus and it will boy will it hit Iraq it's worrying time it's a worrying time for all Iraqis and for young people who want jobs but Iran and the United States of America are both backing this new government under this guy Brigadier General Ismail Qani, who is Qasem Soleimani's successor after the assassination of Qasem Soleimani, he's backing it. Or he says Iran is backing the new government. Uh, Yeah, well, it's not good news or bad news. It depends on your perspective. USA is backing it. Oh, he's got a lot of backing. Whether he's got backing from the Iraqis is another matter. The Iraqis, gosh, they're troublesome. But he's not going to have money to spend. In Iraq, you know, they spend nearly $20 billion on defense, ridiculous, and, other, and salaries. $3 billion on, on things like water and investment in electricity and so on. I mean, that, you know, they, they got things screwed up in Iraq. So America and Iran both see Iraq as a prize, but it's, it's squandered many of these years, of these golden years. It's not clean water yet in Basra. The Chinese are about to rip off Iraq big time. I mean, we've got some huge, humongous desalination project. I mean, massive. And their Belt and Road project, they're getting the Iraqis to pay for that. <laughs> Chinese. They, they, well, the Chinese are supposed to be doing a $1.5 billion project for part of an oil for reconstruction deal, a, a, a 1 million ton desalination plant. But in the end of the day, things are not going to be easy. They wouldn't have been easy in Iraq anyway, because mature fields in the south, like Romela, so I'm told by some of our oil friends, need a lot of capital investment to pay for injection by water to extract the oil. And everybody was looking for some sort of sanctions or something against corrupt individuals to ratchet in Iraq's wild spending on wasteful stuff so that spending could be done on what mattered. Um, I'm rambling. We have an interesting guy as Prime Minister of Iraq, and he has broad shoulders. I mean, he looks like an ox. Have you seen his pictures? Boy, he's... Uh, <laughs> no wonder he was an intelligence boss. He scared me. He looks more scare, scary than Harvey Alamry. I mean, he really does look like a brute of a man. But everybody likes him, or at least everybody used to know him here in the UK likes him. I mean, he, mind you, being likable doesn't make for a good prime minister. That's not the issue. I mean, look, Boris Johnson in Britain is likable. What a mess he's made over the response to coronavirus. So, you know, being affable and cheerful and everybody's buddy doesn't mean you're going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. But let's hope this guy is. I mean, there are a lot of people investing a lot in him, and he has a lot of expectations to meet. Let's hope this guy is. I just want to add something because I find it so interesting. I want to try and give you a flavor of the infighting that led to this guy's appointment because it's intriguing. Now, here I'm relying on the words of an old friend of mine with whom I share a WhatsApp group, an Iraqi WhatsApp group, guy called Fahad, well, Fahad al-Aldin, I call him an old friend. I've, I've only met him really once for any length of time, but, but he was my youngest son's boss in Iraq, uh, when my youngest son, Sam, was working in Iraq. So, 
And I, I really like some of his analysis. It's very helpful. And he'll find it intriguing. So he was sharing this with me and with one or two others. Now we've got this new guy who's taken on as Prime Minister, Prime Minister Mustafa. We all love him, as we've just said. So he's not from the old generation of Iraq leaders, uh, says my uh, friend Fahad. And he's, he's curious. He's not a member of one of Iraq's major political parties. And so he's had a struggle to get this job in the first place. <laughs> Not that he, he was coy about wanting it. Let me be clear. He, he wasn't sure he wanted it. He was initially nominated some months ago. And President Baham Salah thought, oh, he's, uh, he's, he's good news. But the political parties didn't like him at that time. Now, who didn't like him? Well, particularly this group called FATA. FATA is, uh, yeah, what does that mean, word opening? If, anyway, FATA, the FATA group is led by my friend uh, Hadi Al-Amri. And Dark Eyes leads FATA. It's an alliance, you know, and um, he's the, now he's head of the militia. So he, they, he didn't like him. Why, why didn't he like him? Because he was kind of keen, I guess, on... Uh, bringing back the old Prime Minister, Adil Abdul Mahdi, who'd served them well and who'd have been forced out symbolically by the demonstrators, but couldn't we have fiddled around so long? Couldn't we bring back the old guy? Uh, he, he looked after us. He was good. He gave us a little bit of leeway. Not too bad, anyway. And he wasn't going to give us a tough time. So, yes, this was the thing. Um, and there were there were some members of people some people from Dawa also. I mean Dawa is not all controlled by Maliki, Dawa party, uh, Maliki's party, the, the the great intellectual party of Iraq is not complete is is fragmented. You know, I mean they have different factions. So well you knew this, of course you know this. So the, the state of law they sometimes call Dawa, but anyway the Dawa party leadership there were elements there who supported this new guy so there are a lot of political negotiations with little or no influence from united states or iran interestingly usually united states and iran mess i mean the united states classically insisted on maliki having a second term even though he lost the election and even i mean Iadalawi won the election a few years ago but no, 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 we can't have him. We want Maliki back again. And then the, the, yeah, well, you saw the consequences. But goodness me, um, they are necessary. They're the big players in the arena. And they've helped save the world from Daesh, for goodness sake. The point is that, uh, that this guy, this new prime minister, didn't, didn't depend on the backing of the USA or Iran. He had to fight his way through the marketplace that his the Iraq political leader. And Sirun, I looked at Assad's group. They were sort of standing back from the whole thing in the beginning. They have the largest number of MPs in Parliament. They were kind of backing him a little bit as a possible candidate. If we, if, if Hadi Al-Amri didn't back him, they wouldn't back him. 
if Harley and Amory backed him, they'd back him. This kind of thing. I mean, a bit childish, you'd say, wouldn't you? It was, and it was very clearly public that Harley and Amory was uh, against this guy. They did back him as an alternate possibility, but they, they really weren't very keen on him. And then they flatly rejected his, back in April, they flatly rejected his, his choices for his cabinet, his potential cabinet, once he was once he was struggling to try and be prime minister. Well, because they, they wanted to hold on to the position of the Minister of Social Affairs, which is one of their sweet positions uh, that they had. I mean, this, this bartering for ministerial slots is extraordinary. You can't really form an independent government in Iraq. You have to you have to get people on board. And then Nouri al-Maliki, the sort of chairman or leader of Dawa state of law. Well, is he the leader? He's the leader of factions of Dawa, the main faction, I suppose, of Dawa, was particularly critical of uh, new prime minister designate Mustafa. And Mustafa wanted to win over Maliki. He worked very hard to do that, but there were such tough demands. They wanted the Ministry of Interior as well as the post of vice president. I mean, uh, negotiations collapsed. Um, they couldn't. They, they couldn't deliver. And curiously, Iyad Alawi, who you would think would hate Maliki's Dawa, his group's called Al Wataniya, because you know they stole the, the premiership from him. They joined State of Law in opposition. It's all very confusing. Then Serun, Muqtada Sada's group, swung back behind the, the, the new guy. How confusing it all is. They decided, well, no, 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 we, 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 we will support Mustafa. A lot of lukewarm support here and there. And then the Sunni blocs came in and were up and down in their support for this guy. They pledged to support him, they opposed him. I mean, the negotiations handled by Mohammed Al-Busi, the young Speaker of Parliament in the Council of Representatives, and he's very, very important. But ultimately, he backed this guy, this new guy, and swung the Sunni blocs, or at least most of them, behind him, including a very important newer coalition called the Liberated Governorates Coalition, led by Kamis al-Kanja, claims to represent 22 members of Sunni members of parliament, whether it does. And they success, successfully negotiated uh, for a couple of the ministries, and this gave them a lot of, well, they were very pleased anyway at one point so it, it was it was good and and they were moving ahead and then we had the Kurds Kurds had made so much trouble because they wanted to control some of the key ministries the Ministry of Finance you know they want they want their own plum players in they quite liked this guy but they found themselves they overplayed their hand they found themselves in a weak position at the end of the day because they arrived late at the party with little to show for their effort so they could have backed this man from the beginning and and got a lot of out of it but they just messed up like they messed up they've been badly run for ages now i don't know what the the kurdish regional government is, thinks it's doing badly run for ages come on i love them all but Gosh, they got to get their act together. Ever since that referendum on independence, they've just been on the back foot. And they've been spoilers. They haven't been helpers. 
they could have been in the lead on the formation of this new government. They could have done so much. Anyway, basically, they've lost the plot, the Kurds, and they need to get their act together, how they'll do it. So this new guy has a honeymoon period. Of course, there are other problems for Iraq, COVID-19, all this all this stuff is, is really, I mean, major. It's not affected Iraq as badly as it has Iran, but it's affecting Iraq. But we're coming to the end of Ramadan. Eid is coming in fast, and nobody will... After Eid, there'll be an expectation that this new government governs and does so effectively. In this, the most difficult and challenging of times for Iraq. Well, I hope and pray it does. We need to give him every backing. He's got a difficult task. He's got to ride this shambles of Iraq's political parties and and try and hold the reins together. He's got to... He's got to, it's an impossible task. If anybody can do it, he can do it. We wish him well. God bless Prime Minister Mustafa. Good luck to you. And God bless poor Iraq. Okay. Thank you.